Paul. Yes. When was the last time you defended your country from the government or vice versa? <laughs> it was in a very small way. It was local government. Oh, okay. They're the best. Lewisham Council, all of them, mm-hmm. uh, decided to steal some sweets from a sweet shop. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. It was my sweet shop as well. And I was just... Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. You worked so hard for that. I know. And I just, you know, a little business guy yeah. trying to run his business. Massive, sinister, evil Lewisham Council all gang up. Yeah. And it, I, I, I saw them. I looked out the... Labour, yeah, obviously. Yeah. God. Yeah. And I looked out the window. I saw them all there. About 700 employees. And <laughs> they're all just sort of, you know, hanging around, kicking their feet. And I yeah. thought, hang on a minute. Something up here. It was one of the swinging a chain. <laughs> one, of the, one of them was um, swinging himself on a chain, and <laughs> scary man. And I knew, I knew these these kids were up to something. Yeah. So um, I turned I turned my back for a while, as you know, you have to do. Yeah, we've got to refill the sherbet jar. Yeah, <laughs> machine. <laughs> um, that kids like to put their mouths on and press a button, and you get pumped full of sherbet. Everybody remembers the seventies. Kids love that. Um, turned around, they deconstructed the whole shop, turned it into a tapas place. Oh no! Whilst I was turned, it was unbelievable. What I was happened? turned for um. Uh, 18 months yeah but, well uh, under labour it's going to take that long isn't it <laughs> that's how long it takes to run the sherbet machine what happened to the kid who was currently um, lip suctioned around the sherbet machine nozzle oh I got sucked back into the machine it's terrible oh. um, every part of him into that machine yeah. and now he is the ghost in the machine or he's just a pile of bloody gut bits <laughs> in a sherbet machine <laughs> Welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that just won't release the goddamn files. Back into the left, everyone. <laughs> I'm Paul Goodman. I'm Paul into the left. And this week, it's another one of those special episodes where I'm him and he's me. Religion's <laughs> the opiate of the masses, uh, if you considered the Ottolengian response to Tarkovsky, because it's the turn of Paul, the stink man salt, to defend a film that he loves and anyone with a right pair of trousers on them thinks is piss in my face. Zoinks, blonde beard, cat ownership. You see? I'm him. We're all over it. All over each other. Good day, mates. We're over each other like two girls, one cup. <laughs> um, the film in question... And the cup. <laughs> minus cup. Add cat. <laughs> Boil for 20 minutes. <laughs> the film in question, it's Oliver Stone's JFK starring Kevin Costner. A highest rated, most brownly praised film yet. Good luck. <laughs> you don't believe me? <laughs> all this time, you never believe me. I just want Critics of the film took it like a fuck up the ass to make them a man. Peter Travers, writing for the Rolling Stone, said, As speculation, JFK is riveting. As proof, it's bunk. Stone has turned what he considers the crime of the century into a disturbing anomaly, a dishonest search for the truth. Oh. Now, what would Peter Travers consider crime of the century, Paul? Well, just on a search for the truth. It's, it's an interesting one. I like the idea of setting out with that intention. We're going to get to the bottom of this case. Are you? <laughs> so- Wait a minute, he's twirling his moustache. <laughs> 
Maybe. I don't like you, Inspector Ambigu- Ambiguity. <laughs> Inspector obviously evil. <laughs> I told you it's Romanian. <laughs> That's not how it's pronounced. How is it pronounced? Oh, he's gone. Dokovic. <laughs> Rob Thomas of the Capital Times said, you'll pick it apart later, but while it's going on, it's one great political thriller. Basically how I get anyone to give me anything ever. <laughs> Thrill them with radical centrism, and then before they know it, I'm, I own their knees minimum. <laughs> what a great thriller. Hang on a minute, I'm now a massive racist. Huh. <laughs> oh well. Lord, uh-huh. there's been a development. <laughs> anyway, never mind never mind that. Let's see what noted hive mind film four came together to oh, say shit. in their peyote induced meditation. <laughs> they said, forget about the history, just enjoy the ride. <laughs> uh, oh boy, this'll really recharge <laughs> your batteries. <laughs> Thanks, film four. Reaction revisionist super spectrum there. <laughs> God almighty. Telling us what to feel and think in anticipation of the rapture. <laughs> I love Film 4 for that reason. Yeah. Also because it does reruns of uh, good old movies. Yeah. But mainly it's the uh, anticipation of the apocalypse. Yeah. Pretty sure they funded This Is England, so there's a lot going on. Pretty sure they actually are England. That film they funded was just subterfuge. They're the England. It's not Norfolk. The actual real one is Shane Meadows (laughs) doing a belly dance and pointing (laughs) coquettishly at Film 4 signs. I've seen it. (laughs) We've seen those files. (laughs) The public, on the other hand, are glad this movie was shot by multiple assassins as it elevated their career beyond that of a state-level official. Shandar2003 on IMDb said, To all those idiots who think this movie is a propaganda. That's the title of the review. (laughs) Colon. Full stop. Dear those idiots who think this movie is a propaganda. Stop. It's no more a hidden truth that JFK was murdered as his ideologies went against the interest of the military-industrial complex. The (gasps) government, CIA, FBI, and corporate mafia were all involved in this conspiracy. Maybe this movie has went above the head of some idiots who call it a speculation and a propaganda or a conspiracy theory. (laughs) Full stop. Maybe. The subsequent expenditure of trillions of American taxpayers' money to wage war by various presidents, especially President Bush, both senior and junior, establishes the fact that America is a democracy not of American people, but of American capitalist mafia. Uh, Imagine how much money the American government spends on countering terrorism and then think who benefits from these investments. Eight out of ten. <laughs> Very good. I mean, <laughs> all of this was echoed yeah, and prefaced. Too many good points to handle, I think. <laughs> Let's leave none of them. <laughs> Finally, Imelda Davis, on also on IMDb, rating it somewhere between seven and ten, seven or ten out of ten. I can't remember which. It says, great film. But be careful, quirk forward slash one is Gary Mack. Warning, Gary Mack and his disinformation gang have taken over the FAQ section. On this site, Gary's codename is quirk forward slash one or something <laughs> similar. For those of you who do not know about the goings on in the research community, Gary runs a sixth floor museum and though he was once an advocate for conspiracy, he believes in an extremely limited one. Nowadays to the point that he may was well be Warren Commission. Basically, he's been bought and sold a million times. Please discount the answers he and his ilk have given as almost all are false. Please get a copy of the book of the film listen to Black Op Radio and visit the CTKA and Real History Archives. Fuck me. Jim is waiting. Keep the faith, y'all. Jesus Christ, so the... The mob, the military, industrial complex, Marines, <laughs> LBJ, the Warren Commission and its staff, the Dallas Police, FBI, CIA, Secret Service, Texas Oilman, the John Birch Society, Castro, the Soviet Union, Marina Oswald, Clay Shaw et al., Jack Ruby, doctors, universities, lab technicians, <laughs> hit squads, an untold number of witnesses had a hand in the assassination and the cover-up. What a bunch of malarkey. Where did they meet to plan it all? The Astrodome? For those who think the headshot to Kennedy came from somewhere other than the rear, you should closely examine frame 313 of the Zapruder <laughs> film. Not only does Kennedy's head move three or four inches What's forward happening? from frame 312, the blood and brain tissue splatter is up and towards the front, indicating a shot from the rear. The mirror much more photo from another angle shows the exact same thing. The whole back and to the left stuff is a canard dreamed up by conspiracy buffs. It proves, and then IMDb asked me to click here to read more, and well, <laughs> we have an hour's runtime nowadays. <laughs> 
Fucking Messy hell. stuff, Paul. Jesus Christ, I feel exhausted. So, from what I was able to gleam of that, from what wasn't irony, mm. it seems... No, I have no fucking idea. So, near the end, it sounded like genuinely a different review that that was... You know what happened? You know what fucking happened? That that FAQ guy, what was his name? Uh, Gary Mack. Gary Mack, he got to her. Oh. Right in the end there. For a minute there, she was just like, don't believe Gary Mack, everyone. He's now practically <laughs> the Warren Commission to the extent that he believes in the conspiracy. Anyway, everyone who <laughs> believes that the shot came from anywhere but behind was a complete lunatic. <gasps> I never thought I'd see the day. I never th- thought I'd see the day when, what was the name of the commenter? <laughs> Fucking uh, Imelda Davies. I never thought I'd see the day when they got to Imelda Davies. Yeah. Hey, look, there's a very good chance that I've just spliced together several reviews, such as the mess <laughs> of the, the JFK conspiracy theories. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. Such is, you know, the Warren Commission. Yeah, messy it's stuff. It's satire. Messy, messy Everybody stuff. get on board. Come on, everyone. Get on board? Well, okay. speaking of being on board, the film has been slammed with an 84% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Roger Ebert shit-canned yeah. it with four out of four huge storming erections. And the fickle public of IMDb have given it 8 out of 10, which is 750 points higher than The Last Jedi. This is the best <laughs> film ever reviewed on One Good Thing, and Paul clearly thinks after The Life Aquatic that he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So <laughs> You open these fucking floodgates. <laughs> So, Paul, you significant threat to the national security structure. Hola. How was your moose? <laughs> it was good. Good moose. Good conspiracy oh, good. moose. Conspiracy moose. It's a shame it was actually full of lies. Oh. Almond so milk. So, the reason, the reason we're doing this. Yeah, almond milk is lies. <laughs> Come on, people. Wake up, sheeple. Listen to the Dairy Association. They've got your back. <laughs> yeah, we're covering this because I loved this movie as a kid. Very much like almost everyone else, it seems. But I want to use it as a springboard onto a broader conversation about truth in film hmm. and the importance or unimportance of historical accuracy. And because because of my own shift in beliefs regarding the Kennedy assassination, hmm. I was curious whether or not I would still enjoy this. Because when I was a teenager, I fully bought into it. I was really into it and the idea of a conspiracy. I had extensive files on this whole thing i had like I, I printed out so much stuff from the internet that i would take into school and me and my friend andy would obsess over it and read over it and it was a mystery yeah. it's, it's andy's a false name I JF... yeah andy Conspiracy. is a false name don't Come worry on. i'm not gonna <laughs> it's fine he died mysteriously in a car crash years ago so totally innocuous <laughs> that fla- <laughs> it's how he wanted that to fireball go. was completely innocent <laughs> shot seven times in the head completely accidentally by a car so... crash <laughs> the car got him in the head it's fine Happens every day, especially to associates of mine. (laughs) No, it's easy to see why this would capture the imagination of anyone, really. First of all, you've got this kind of intoxicating little murder mystery. Intoxicating, you know, where you've got ballistics and Mm. suspicious characters, and it's like a whodunit. What was this guy doing here? And what was this person doing over here? And there's all these elements. And then on a macro level, you've got the fucking just global climate of 1963 behind Mm. it. You know, CIA, Cuba, the Cold War, just, you know, potential mafia connections. It's just Mm. everything. And it was just so rich to sort of dive into. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was wondering if I'd feel that same sort of excitement now as a cynical 31 year old man well now's the time to find this out strap on take your motion sickness pills and pull let's get into the plot of jfk by oliver stone hey i guess we should just say it occurs to me because i was obsessed with this i sometimes take for granted how much is known john f kennedy was the um six uh, was a president of the united states who was um, third president of the united states he was the second president of the united states after um christopher columbus Yeah, Christopher Columbus. Director of Home Alone. (laughs) You see, Oliver Stone asserts all of this is true. John F.K. was um, murdered on the 23rd of November, 22nd of November, excuse me, 1963. He was shot, Mm. well, uncontroversially, he was shot to death whilst riding his car 
as part of a parade through Dealey Plaza. We'll just set that up there mm-hmm. as context. Anyway. You know the facts, people. <laughs> these are the facts. After some documentary fi- footage that really blurs the line between fact and fiction, uh, narrated by Martin Sheen, who really blurs mm. the line between fact and fiction. This war culminates in the disastrous Bay of Pigs invasion in April 1961, when Kennedy refuses to provide air cover for the exiled Cuban brigade. Kennedy, taking public responsibility for the failure, privately claims the CIA lied to him and tried to manipulate him into ordering an all-out American invasion of Cuba. We start our conspiracy epic with Rose Cheremy, who's a drug, whose drug-addled raving supposedly predicted the Kennedy assassination just before it happened. In fact, she was never quoted as having said anything about Kennedy and had a history of making false accusations for personal profit. So it's a great place to start. <laughs> Oliver Stone's done his research. I do like them just fading out on her, just... <laughs> oh, you like that? It's ominous. <laughs> I like that. Well. <laughs> Kennedy is killed in that manner I just said. Yeah. Oh no! Heroic DA Jim Garrison, DA of um, yeah. oh New Orleans, uh, New is Orleans. told New Orleans. What happened to old New Orleans? Right? He's told oh. by his uh, coworker Lou. Boss, the president's been shot. Dallas five minutes ago. Oh no. How bad? It's my How favorite ba- bit of the film. <laughs> How bad? Really well. Got him right in the head. <laughs> Actually <Gotcha>. perfect. <laughs> Inexplicable. Bit suspicious if you ask me. Let's make a film. Tommy Lee Jones is gay, so um <laughs> Let's go after him. Brilliant. Uh, Garrison is revealed to have five kids, a pipe, and a black maid. It's the American dream. <laughs> He's doing very well with himself. Elsewhere in New Orleans, private investigator Guy Bannister pistol whips one of his agents, Jack Martin, because of all the shady figures who have been coming in and out of the office. And he's but, hammered. But, he's absolutely hammered. <laughs> fuck yeah, he's hammered. But also the phone bill. I mean, mainly mainly the phone bill, actually. And he had a well-documented temper, so... Yeah. But also shady figures going in and out of his office. Yeah. Wake up, sheeple. Shady figures coming in and out of a private detective's office. I've never heard (laughs) such a thing. (laughs) Not just the nuns and Catholics who usually go to the private investigators (laughs) to find out how close they are to God. This is getting thicker all the time. Spread on your toast. I want you to find out all you can about this guy. And they put a picture of Jesus on the table. <laughs> right, this guy. It's a long story, mate. Uh, Garrison learns that Kennedy's assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald, or is he? Premise of the film. Or, or Amdu. <laughs> Amdu? Yondu. Yondu's there. He finds out that um, Lee Harvey Oswald was seen last summer with a shady character called David Ferry. Uh, so they yeah. haul his ass in and question him about yeah. a suspicious trip he took on the night of the assassination. Or rather, mm. Jack Martin, the aforementioned pistol whippy, whom Garrison once described as a drunken liar who hated David Ferry. Uh, he shit-talked Ferry so much that Ferry decided to turn himself in for questioning to clear his name. Yeah. In response, Jim Garrison de- uh, declares that they need to open an inquiry into his wig and eyebrows. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, Stone is Oliver Stone's ferry is played by Joe Pesci, so of course they arrest him. Uh, correctly yeah. so, but he's immediately released yeah. because they got nothing. Yeah. In real life, they really did do a thorough investigation of his weird trip on the night of the assassination and found nothing. Of Joe Pesci's. <laughs> he did go on a weird trip. Because if not, then right they should have. Right down his dad's balls. He was conceived the night of the assassination, everyone. Getting made every night. I mean, he's literally getting made <laughs> in that in that scenario. <laughs> Quite literally, mate. Nice. <laughs> Three years later, Walter Matthau is Senator Russell Long, and he looks out mm-hmm. of the window of his plane at some stock footage. And he's all folksy, so he's a good guy. That oh. dog don't hunt, he says. Brilliant. <laughs> um, he makes some claims. He says, they're te- they tell us, oh, they are tell us. I've written fucking great. 
<laughs> you see, this is this is the lies. Seems... This is where the lies come in. <laughs> he said, it's, "It's not about seeing what they don't say. It's definitely about what they do say." <laughs> when, we, when we're looking at this film, they're telling us that Oswald got off three shots with world-class precision. Nope, one of them missed. Everyone agrees that. Oh. Two shots oh. with pretty good precision. I mean, one of them didn't kill him. From a manual bolt action rifle in less than six seconds. Bolt action rifle. <laughs> well, actually, the Zapruder film confirms eight to nine seconds, but anyway. Mm. According to his marine buddies, he's got Maggie's drawers. You know what that means? Wasn't any good. Sure he was. Qualified as a marksman in the Marines. Yeah, he was good. He was a good shot. Um, also look, says that- look, Dan Aykroyd was smoking Marlboro <laughs> cigarettes because he invented them. Crystal Skulls gave him the energy. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald invented being a good shot. <laughs> and I tell you, the first shot would always be the best. Here, the third shot's perfect. Uh, most experts agree that the third, clearer, flatter shot would have been the easiest one. And it was. Mm. Got him right in the head. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Finally well. mentions that the bullet was pristine, which it wasn't. Going through two guys really bent the shit out of it. Won't be using that again. He always, he did like doing that. He, he, he does like just going through and picking up his bullets and then using them again, even though they don't work. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen him that's, thumb them into that's people. That's the most damning piece of evidence of Oswald is that went after the Kennedy assassination, he quickly ran up to the car to try and pick up all the bits. <laughs> I'll use these for later. Biggest twist of all at this stage is um he, he, he Larvey Oswald. It's actually played by Gary Oldman. Oh, fuck yeah. Clearly an innocent man. This shakes Norley to the core. I'm going to use the fact that he's played by Lee Hutt by Gary Oldman as further evidence of a good, that he was the lone gunman. <laughs> it does he's make a lot by... of sense now. This informs <laughs> a lot. by Zorg. <laughs> anyway, Gar- Garrison mentions that no one bothered to record any of Oswald's police interviews, which is weird, what with all the records of the police interviews that are around. Yeah. And then he tries to have an investigation montage, but someone keeps shining a weird light in his face. And then it's a dream! <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> um, his sissy space egg wife wakes up and gets annoyed. I've got five kids to get out of bed. You don't understand me! <laughs> he storms off to his office, just... <laughs> he slams the door. And then after a second, you hear a record click and just... Somebody once told me the word. <laughs> but grainy on the gramophone. Yeah. <laughs> All that glitters is gold. How would Kevin Costner sing that? <laughs> Somebody once told me. Somebody once told me. <laughs> the next day, or potentially five years later, who the fuck knows in this film? <laughs> who cares? Garrison walks with uh, Lou Five and years Bill, before great... JFK's shot. <laughs> in a flashback. Garrison walks with Lou and Bill, great characters, <laughs> around Lafayette Square, and they check out 544 Camp Street, an address that was stamped on some of Oswald's pro-Cuba uh, pamphlets. Mm. And it's right next door to 531 Lafayette Square, the office that the aforementioned pistol whipper Guy Bannister used to use. Case closed, conspiracy confirmed. <laughs> Except that Oswald never actually went to Camp Street, and the two doors did not lead to the same office. Mm. Um, that's not the only real evidence that links the two men, is it? Oh, fuck it is. He's so drunk, Paul. He probably crawled through the wall. Probably. Probably a little vent, and he got in there to do all this conspiring. Gary Oldman's a sneaky boy. He's a sneaky goose. He can get anywhere. <laughs> Can't slip through any two bricks that you want me to. <laughs> Garrison meets with Jack Martin, who's played by Jack Lemmon. Oh my god, conspiracy. Crazy. Who um, recalls that Cubans were meeting at the address on Lafayette Square with mm. their actual rifles out. <laughs> I guess they stopped off there directly on their way to Cuba to fight the war. <laughs> Nothing if not resourceful. You gotta, you gotta pack it all in. Martin mentions Operation Mongoose because not only did he notice a secret CIA operation, but he also caught, it, caught its top secret code name. Great. Way to be discreet, guys. I had t-shirts printed. I just, I've been such... I've loved participating in Operation Mongoose so much. <laughs> I wanted something to remember it by. I made a cake. <laughs> Good mission, everyone. <laughs> Good top secret mission, guys. 
Team X. Way to plot to take out Castro, wink. (laughs) So the gang, I'm going to call them the gang, the gang go to visit a composite character named Willie O'Keefe, played by Kevin Bacon. What? Yeah. He's in this. Yeah, he is. He's in this. Along with everyone else. So Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon isn't that hard a game. It's just probably in JFK. Because that motherfucker, Kennedy, stole that motherfucking election. That's why. Nixon was going to be one of the great presidents till Kennedy wrecked this country. The revolution's coming. Bullshit, man. Fascism is coming back. I'm going to tell you this. The day that communist son of a bitch died was a great day, a great day for this country. He establishes a link between David Ferry and Clay Shaw, whom we shall come to. Oh, boy. Keith recalls Ferry claiming that the best way to murder a president. That's right. Ferry is like in a room and he says, look, you want to take out a president. Here's what you do. You take him out in public with several shooters in broad daylight where everybody's going to be filming it. And then you blame one guy. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm Genius. suspicious about that. Yeah. If I were in the CIA, that's exactly how I'd do it. That's the one thing about this that never struck me when I was a kid and believed in a conspiracy. Why would you do it like this? We've got to kill the president and make it look like it was this one guy. Let's have three different guys all <laughs> shooting at Firing him in public <laughs> at a moving car in a crowd. <laughs> yeah. This testimony is based on three discredited witnesses and a guy named Perry Russo, mm. who served as an advisor to this film, whilst telling reporters that he made the whole thing up and believes that Clay Shaw is innocent. <laughs> Incidentally, he only actually gave testimony back in the um, real Clay Shaw uh, trial after Garrison plied him with drugs and hypnosis because he's an 18th century villain. <laughs> now, at what stage does Jean Claude Van Damme go and fuck Kylie Minogue? <laughs> getting close to that it was happening spiritually throughout the 60s right let's get into clay shaw let's oh. get inside of him so the big point that real life actual district attorney jim garrison staked his entire reputation on is that a mysterious figure named clay bertrand was behind the organization of the kennedy assassination on behalf of literally everyone right mob cia fbi bell helicopter lyndon johnson the gay community of new orleans hydra everyone <laughs> Especially Hydra. Especially Hydra. You know what they were up to. If you actually watch the Sapruda film, you will see Captain America deflect the last bullets into Kennedy's head. He's a bad guy. All along. All along. All time. Chris Evans, mate. <laughs> He's a villain. Awful man. He really is. He, he never... That, that The truest he ever played himself was not another teen movie. Garrison believed that Bertram was a pseudonym for Clay Shaw, a well-to-do businessman in New Orleans, here played by Tommy Lee Jones. The problem yeah, is... Yeah, when you're doing a pseudonym... <laughs> yeah, you change... You use your first name. <laughs> no one will figure this out. <laughs> fucking genius the problem is bertrand was a fabrication by a then pneumonia riddled um attorney named dean andrews the big cajun guy played by john candy in this christ he made the name up when he was bullshitting his secretary and various other people into thinking he had been approached by oswald to get him a lawyer right in fact oswald tried to get his own lawyer the guy who was doing the communist party of the united states so why did garrison believe shaw was the fictional bertrand this is an actual quote from him Firstly, he's a homosexual. Mm. Secondly, he speaks Spanish. Third, his name is Clay. (laughs) Which, to be fair, who's called Clay? I mean, look. (laughs) Andrews did try to tell Garrison he made up the name, but um, then he blackmailed him into maintaining the lies. So great. Jesus, Jim Garrison, star of JFK. (laughs) Jesus, Jim Garrison, you're worse than Roger Ebert. (laughs) After a brief encounter with a waiter who had a truly mythic mustache. Did you notice this? That was unreal. I shamed. I was shamed. (laughs) I shat myself. (laughs) I've seen this movie every 
inch. I have watched this movie so much as a kid, and this was the first time I saw that. Maybe you've just had you had such a glut of mustachioed movies as a kid, and you just never realised until now, <laughs> 2019, famously a dearth of mustaches. Yeah. Unless you're living in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> or Hoxton. That you're only now going back to all these films and saying, fucking hell, Russell Crowe had a mus- moustache all along in Gladiator. <laughs> a big sleazy porn one, too. <laughs> never noticed it's swayed when he moved I am Maximus Decimus Meridius <laughs> biggest cinematic moment in history it generated its own um, bass line with its bristling it generated <laughs> Oliver Reed after he died <laughs> it was mustache generated anyway he after he manages to somehow get past this mythically mustached man uh, he meets with his staff Prince of Persia along it he Prince of Persia along it and then he met with his staff not Jerry Seinfeld Yondu Lady Bird's mum and a handsome man such great characters <laughs> two of those were t- Lou and Bill I don't know who make it up Yon- Yondu is Lou I think yeah and handsome or man Bill. was Bill this is Louisiana chief I mean how the hell do you know who your daddy is cause your mama told you so you must have improvised that. You know who your daddy is? Because your mama told you so. New Orleans is crazy. That is the craziest. I have no idea what that fucking means. Anyway, that's the biggest mystery in all of this. <laughs> they talk about the slightly mysterious deaths of a few minor characters, five specifically, all of whom, you know, mm. it's fine. The mystery of Joe Pesci's wig is revealed. <laughs> ah! That's great. I've never I've never been more happy to realise someone was in, <laughs> supposed to be wearing a wig. <laughs> It's a big twist. They talk about Marina. Marina was Oswald's Russian wife who apparently buried him with the public, according to this film, by claiming he was, he was a psychotic and violent man, based only on the fact that he was a psychotic and violent man. Yeah. Who, it doesn't get mentioned in this, but he did try and kill a US Army major in April of that year and would beat her regularly. So. Okay. Um, they also suggest that she didn't have any trouble getting out of Russia, which she did, and that she had an uncle in Russian intelligence, which she did. He was the head of timber administration of the Belarusian Republic Ministries of Internal Affairs. Wow. Yeah. So he he was he was a big shot. <laughs> the timber administration. I love that. He <laughs> has ties to the CIA. He changes their water filters. <laughs> <laughs> Take it in. Ah, oh, fuck. They drink it in, sheeple. They also. <laughs> They also question some photos of Oswald with the rifle, which most experts agree are real. Uh, they talk about why didn't they do nitrate tests on Oswald's hands, which are famously inconclusive. They ask mm-hmm. why the gun wasn't tested to see if it had been fired recently, which isn't a thing you can test a gun for. And they observe that the palm print found on the rifle could have been taken off of his dead body. Prints typically are caused by perspiration, which isn't something corpses famous- famously do. Wait a minute, says Jim Garrison. Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> Spin. Look at the reflection in the eyeball. Your mummy told you so. <laughs> Your daddy is. Now it's time for time. <laughs> Who your gunny is? <laughs> time for some spurious witnesses. Let's just rock it through these. Bill oh, Newman, yeah. played by Marvel Netflix's Kingpin. Uh, he said he heard <laughs> shots from the grassy knoll, but he actually said that he just heard shots from behind him, which included the book depository and the knoll. So, oh. God damn it, Kingpin. JC Price, <laughs> in real life, claimed he heard a volley of shots over a period of some five minutes. <laughs> um, here he just points to the grassy knoll a bit. And then... uh, Union Terminal Railroad employees S.M. Holland and Richard Dodd, who said that they saw smoke over the grassy knoll, an effect which Stone was unable to replicate with an actual rifle and had to use bellows which is fine and not suspicious at all. <laughs> shouldn't have had second thoughts during that at all maybe the assassin had a chimney this shows how high tech the cia really were during the assassination <laughs> like... extra smoky rifles <laughs> mm. <laughs> for maximum conspicuousness <laughs> if only we hadn't hired chain smokers who smoke their entire pack a day in a minute oh, then the... we might have gotten away with it it was the 50s though and you don't want to be gay <laughs> Oh, there's those forts again. (laughs) 
Gotta love get something things in, in my mouth. mouth. Oh dear. Yeah, there we go. Better assassinate <laughs> president to clear my head. <laughs> bloody democrats jean hill uh <laughs> says she saw a gunman on the grassy knoll uh didn't start claiming anything about the grassy knoll until the 1970s and when interviewed on the day of the shooting said that she only heard shots didn't see any shooters yeah, right, okay it's fine don't worry about it yeah great <laughs> it's fine she probably just forgot uh julianne mercer mm. did see a suspicious truck nearby did not identify jack ruby or oswald mm. Moving on. Beverly Oliver claimed to have filmed Kennedy with a camera that didn't exist for another five years. No one can place her at Dealey Plaza that day. Mm. Claims that she was introduced to Oswald as Lee Oswald of the CIA, because that's what fucking spies do. Yeah, definitely. Hi, I'm me. <laughs> Famous assassin Lee Harvey Oswald here. <laughs> In this, she does describe a guy as being as crooked as a dog's hand leg. So she's so folksy. Oh. She's a good guy. No, I've got to trust her. I've got to trust her then. Crookers, dogs, hind legs. No black people in my water fountain. <laughs> they can drink out the other side of the water fountain. That's that's the urinal. That's what that's right. Salt the earth. <laughs> Finally, they actually do go to the sniper's nest on the sixth floor of the Texas Book Depository, and uh, they do a test to prove that Oswald could not have fired the shots in five point six seconds. Um, even though the Zapruder film says eight to nine, but fine, let's yeah. just stick to five point six mm-hmm. seconds. Fucking hilariously, and you can time this yourselves like I did. Lou makes the shots in exactly five point six seconds, despite what Cosmet then says. Go. Time? Between six, seven seconds. Costner's like uh, a little over eight seconds. Yep, <laughs> it was 5.6 seconds. Well, then maybe this whole film and Oliver Stone and doing a Kaufman and not actually revealing the true meaning just by creating more obfuscation. <laughs> that Jim Garrison knows that he's wrong and he's just spent this entire, these years of his life ruining his family, <laughs> ruining his personal life. And he just knows he's wrong and he's just, just smudging things. <laughs> Definitely 10 seconds. 10 seconds at least. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Takes skill to kill with a rifle, Chief. You gotta figure that's why there's been no execution of a chief executive with one in 200 years. 200 years. Three. Two. One. Lou? Why did you just count down from three? Do you remember that bit? Did you notice it where Lou just suddenly starts counting down from three for no reason? <laughs> no. Is he counting down the number of bullets that he knows is the truth (laughs) that Jim Garrison refuses to accept? (laughs) He's counting down the inaccurate number of bullets. (laughs) Fuck me. Now, I can't remember where this comes up, but the the motorcade, the motorcade, (laughs) the the motorcade uh, route wasn't changed. Some versions of the map just weren't detailed enough to show the turn into Dealey Plaza. Okay, great. I am halfway through my notes. (laughs) Oh my God, Paul. This is, we're 40 (laughs) minutes into recording. Sorry. I'm going to go quicker. Okay. Garrison wants to inca- interrogate Clay Shaw on Easter in the middle of December. But it's Easter, his sissy space set complains. You don't understand me. Slam. Click. Tired of being what you <laughs> want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, Garrison does interview Shaw, and it's a delightful mess. What a fucking bizarre sequence in which he interviews Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. In real life, he actually did make a good impression on Garrison, to the extent that he turned to his staff and said, look, forget Shaw. But in this, we got one of them. Did you see that? Tommy Lee Jones painted gold, roaring like a bear? What the fuck was that, Lou? <laughs> <laughs> Arrest him immediately. Oh, the investigation gets leaked to the press, which Garrison actually encouraged in real life. And David Ferry panics and calls Lou, saying he's going to get killed. Whereas, in fact, Ferry actually went to the press himself because he was sick of being intimidated by Garrison. Mm. Um, 
God, my head hurts, Paul. I'm sorry. This is the experience of watching this movie as well, by the way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> keeping this in. I think the audience should know how much this hurts. <laughs> There's a confession scene with Fairy, which obviously never happened in real life. Yeah. And then the bads kill Fairy. No. With an aneurysm. On the set of Seven, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent apartment David Ferry was living in. God, we are... I, I know that we are 90 minutes into this movie at this stage. Because <laughs> I suddenly went, ooh, this is getting good. <laughs> it's getting familiar. Garrison meets with Deep X, a.k.a. Fletcher Prouty, played by President Snow hmm. from The Hunger Games. Now, Garrison actually met with Prouty years after the, um, the trial of Clay Shaw, and Prouty is fucking insane. Hmm. Believes the Federal Reserve were involved in the assassination, believes in flying saucers, and that the US Army had two aliens, and he's a Holocaust denier. So, Oh, good. Consp- conspiracy theorists aren't always the best guys. That didn't come up. No, it didn't get mentioned, did it? No. <laughs> we had to cut out just a little bit where it's like, everybody's on this. The the mafia, the CIA, the Jews. Uh... <laughs> Hello, OG team. It's your boy, Paul Salt here. Now, subsequent research has revealed that Prouty never went on record as a Holocaust denier or an anti-Semite. He was just frequently involved with the Liberty Lobby and the Institute for Historical Review, both of which are anti-Semitic, Holocaust-denying organisations. So perhaps this association alone doesn't mean Prouty endorses their views. Did believe in UFOs, though. In this, Prouty claims that a New Zealand's paper declared Oswald the sole murderer before he was even charged, because that's not easy to go back and fucking check. He offers as a motive for the murder of JFK uh, the fact that he was looking to pull out of Vietnam, even though he didn't and wasn't. Mm. He deepened America's involvement by tripling the advisors and soldiers there and said if we leave Vietnam, it'll allow the whole Southeast theatre to fall. Yeah, I remember thinking that John F. Kennedy was not as (laughs) as great as um, he's often made out to be. He also oversaw one of the greatest budget increases for the CIA in American history, so that's probably why they killed him. Yeah. Too much money. Because he changed his mind. Well, you've got to spend it then, haven't you? Uh, X gives a wonderful coda to this speech where he essentially just says... Look, just take anyone to trial. No matter how spurious, just shake shit up and maybe you'll get lucky. Not me, though. Ah, uh, but my, my reputation's gonna be okay, right? Shit, man, I've gotta go. Um, good <laughs> luck, though, yeah? <laughs> Fuck the system. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Peace! <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. They arrest Shaw, and he apparently immediately admits his incriminating alias for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> a case! Thank Christ, we can go to court! It's a good thing we arrested him for no reason. Oh, Christ. In real life, they were actually betting in the entire case on Russo. Good old drugged-up, hypnotized Russo. <laughs> Russo. Oh. He's gonna he's gonna win it for us. Real Jim Garrison shows up for a second playing Earl Warren, and you get a chance to hear his good voice. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Garrison has presented absolutely nothing public which would contradict our findings. I know of no fact which would refute the commission's conclusion that Lee Oswald was the lone killer. You see how we got everyone believing this horse shit? Yeah. Oh, Garrison has a falling out of his wife. You're attacking him because he's a homosexual. You don't understand me. Slam, click. Tear my life into pieces. That's the last one. That's him humming along. So, anyway, court day. Fight the end. We're getting there. Christ. 45 minutes of the film to go. First witness, Vernon Bundy, was a heroin addict with a very unlikely story of seeing Oswald and Shaw together whilst he was shooting up. Apparently, in real life, Garris- in real life Garrison's men tried to talk him out of using uh, Bundy, and he replied, I don't care if he's lying or not, we're going to use him. Great, this is a good court case, he's an American hero. Officer Arbigorst is dismissed from court because the judge hates him for no reason. In real life, he was dismissed from court, but only after an hour of obvious lying. <laughs> and it was Garrison's team who cleared the jury, not the judge. <laughs> Amazing what you can do with facts. 
But Garrison's family arrived to support him. Aww. Mm. They arrived just in time to see the footage <laughs> yeah. of Kennedy actually getting his brains blown out. <laughs> there were many times in that scene that Kevin Costner's <laughs> face suggested he was going to not play the video, or at least just say to Sissy Spacek, might want to just cl- cover his eyes, or just turn him facing the other way. <laughs> no, he needs to see this. This is the truth. Roll film. Look what your country have wrought. <laughs> Son. So, now we get to the crux of Garrison's case. Hey, Clay Shaw, did you kill Kennedy? No. Oh. I think... Are you, are you, are you secretly Clay Bertrand? No. Oh, have you ever worked for the CIA? No. Look, is he really allowed to just keep saying no? <laughs> Seems really unfair. <laughs> this is our case. <laughs> and I am feeling pretty good about it still. Bullshit! Run, 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 stomp, click. I don't have any more songs. <laughs> oh, let me think, let me think. Here I am, doing everything I can. Oh, it all to what I am. Pretend I'm a Superman. <laughs> sounds good. I don't know what it is, but it sounds exactly like... Goldfinger fans are going to love this. <laughs> or Tony Hawk's fans who don't remember that. Goldfinger. Oh, fuck me. Having conclusively not proven that Clay Shaw is guilty of anything, <laughs> Gaussen decides to just lay into the assassination theory for a bit. <laughs> so, great. Let's debunk. This, yeah, wait. This is this is when I started reading up on the the um, the um real-life Jim Garrison and what the case was yeah. actually about. And I just kept looking from that to the screen and that to the screen. <laughs> None of this. <laughs> oh Christ! All right, this is a this is like a quick fire of stuff that didn't happen. All right. James Taig, the third man injured in the assassination, was probably hit by a ricochet or a piece of skull. The single bullet theory actually makes sense if you look at the right diagram. Yes. Um, only twenty witnesses says they heard shots from the knoll, not the fifty-one that he said. Most said it was from the depository or couldn't tell. Only four okay. said they heard shots from multiple directions. The doctor said that the headwind was clearly from behind and that the throat wound could have been an exit or an entry. It was a hole. Mm. It's hard to tell. There was no military interference in the autopsy. There were generals present, as you'd expect. No one, none of them said anything. Do you want to attend the uh, autopsy of John F. Kennedy? Nah. <laughs> I'll catch the next one. <laughs> I'll catch Bobby Kennedy. What? I'll catch Nothing. the next one. Yeah. Oof. I mean, Martin Luther. <laughs> I mean, Gandhi? I mean, Elvis Presley. No one. <laughs> the limo. How are we going to do Presley, guys? You're not going to like this. Um, the limo and the suit were carefully documented and examined before they were disposed of. Uh, the epileptic guy was named Jerry Belknap, and he did go to hospital, but he left after the president got wheeled in, figuring he probably wasn't going to get much attention, which is fair enough. You know what? I'm going to go. You got your hands full. I'll, I'm just, ooh, just shaking. That's all. That's all that is. <laughs> there were no unknown workmen in the book depository. The umbrella guy's name is Louis Stephen Witt, who had an umbrella on a clear day as an obscure reference. Uh, sp- uh, sorry, an obscure political statement against Kennedy. Oh, is it worth saying that the grassy knoll was like a few yards away from where Abraham Zapruder was filming the death? So at no stage does he react like a guy is firing a rifle Fuck. like a few yards away. <laughs> Someone fired a fucking gun. <laughs> Prick. I'm gonna pan towards him. No, no, no. <laughs> I started filming Kennedy. I'm just gonna carry on. <laughs> I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm a fucking Call pro. Call me <laughs> Twat. Excellent. Massive wanker. Governor Colony no- shows no signs of being hit, Garrison says over footage of Connolly yowling and twisting. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's fine. Jackie visibly does not pull John out of the way so that someone can shoot Connolly in the back. The famous back into the left bit, okay. In fact, his head Mm. does move forward with the impact, and then he jerks back, which is consistent with how the body reacts when it's been shot in the head, I'm told. (laughs) I'm told by Night Me. (laughs) He leaves extensive notes. (laughs) Even though 90% of the witnesses say they heard three shots or less, Garrison has suggested six shots in eight seconds from three different teams. Just amateurs. <laughs> Come on, guys. You can hear better than that. Then they show Oswald doing the shooting in a supposedly impossible way, once again shooting in three shots in 5.6 seconds successfully. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
brilliant. Oswald did not leave the cases in a neat row. Uh, he didn't necessarily meet anyone from the sixth floor down to the second. And over the many years, sorry, over the years, many researchers have recreated the dash without getting out of breath. It is four stories downstairs. It's not that mm, taxing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have your- Oswald was just excited about the, the conspiracy <laughs> that they were doing. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald did then definitely shoot um, Officer Tippett 45 minutes later, successfully pissing off every cop in the town, more so than Kennedy once, Officer said. (laughs) Because this guy was one of our own. Mm. Um, three eyewitnesses caught him doing it, and he had the murder weapon on him when he was arrested, which is a big clue. I mean, is the gun gay or not, is the big question. (laughs) Come on, guys. Because if it's not... on this gun, this wimpy gun. Uh, It's also, incidentally, the same gun that he uses to try and shoot another cop when he's arrested, which they don't show in the film. Yeah, awesome. Ah, uh, in 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 the I guess in the oh, black saw- and white thing, he does take out his gun and do it. But it, I imagine that was Jim Garrison going as if this happened. <laughs> right? Nonsense. He was clearly just there, just waiting for his handler to show up. Even though he changed direction after killing Tithet. Oh God! They I find Shaw in the the jury find Shaw innocent because did you forget what you were doing here, Jim? <laughs> the press interview the jury foreman Sidney Herbert, who says, um, "We believe there was a conspiracy, but whether Clay Shaw was a part of it is another kettle of fish." Also, oh, folksy. But Aww. in real life, in real life, um, Herbert said, "I didn't think too much of the Wong report until the trial." Now I think a lot more of it than I did before. <laughs> so a great victory for Jim Garrison and the truth. Definitely the truth. Oh God, the film finally ends with a dedication. Yeah, dedicated to the young. In whose spirit the search for truth marches on. Ah, so Lee Harvey Oswald definitely killed Kennedy and acted alone. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is what I'm. This is what I've been led to believe now. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, if you're a conspiracy theorist listening to this, but I did have a turnaround when I was about 18. Mm. I saw a documentary called Beyond Conspiracy mm. on uh, from ABC America, and it really laid out how the single bullet theory. It just makes sense. And once that big piece of the puzzle was in, a lot of the rest of it was kind of just little niggles. Yeah. That was the big one for me, was the magic bullet theory. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad for all the research you've, that you've pumped into this uh, episode <laughs> because I sure as shit wasn't going to do it. <laughs> but um, It was too much. I, I think... I need you to... And then you yeah. just wind this back. <laughs> I mean, I'll have cut everything up until this point. But <laughs> Apart from me just, singing just Last to, Resort. Let's just pricey this then for the listeners at home um, who have been spared the, the last 51 minutes of recording. <laughs> and Keep ranting. And, um, and just tell me, Paul, how is this film sitting with you now? It's a great thriller. Mm. It's a really good thriller. I, I did abandon the conspiracy theory thing because I'm now generally, and we'll come on to this if we do our anti-vaxxer doc um, at some <laughs> stage. <laughs> but I am reticent to subscribe to ways of thinking that require you to disregard any contradictory evidence as part of a deliberate deliberate and elaborate hoax. Yes. Between agencies that famously don't get along, like the <laughs> FBI and CIA and the gay mafia. We all know how close those are. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of just outgrew it. It was a lovely idea, but it's still a really well-made film. The acting is really good. And a lot of people. I mean, Joe Pesci is fantastic. Tommy Lee Jones... Really? I've got to say I disagree. I thought that Joe Pesci's oh. accent was outrageously oh. shit. And it just <laughs> overshadowed everything that he was doing. Come to think of it, they're right. We got out there where the geese were, and there were thousands of them all over the place. But uh, you couldn't approach them. But why is a bunch of birds? Really? Because that scene where he's just manically confessing, that really got Man. me again still. I enjoyed the second half of the it- movie so much more than I did the first half because it finally seemed to settle into what it was. 
and 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 I think the first the first ninety minutes was so frenetic, yeah, and so, so... Sh- scatter shot as well. It's all over the shop in terms of yeah. who are these New Orleans guys? Why are we setting them up? Why are we now talking about Marina and Oswald? What's the theory? And that's mm. the trickiest part of all this is that it doesn't really posit a one unified consistent theory, except the idea that the establishment wanted Kennedy gone because he was changing too much, and so they got the mafia to do it Mm. i I guess but that is very hard that little pressy that i've just said is hard to come by when watching the actual film it may have made it easier to come by i think if the first 90 minutes was about 40 minutes long i think they could have had a very well-paced taut political thriller yeah that set up everything everything from joe pesci's character dying was when the film suddenly got a sense of the menace and and the threat and you know a lot of people talk about this film as you know it doesn't have to be factual because oliver stone made a film about the American mindset which is what yes. Roger Reber said yes I'll come to that um, yeah. and you know I'm in- inclined to agree that mm. yeah yeah, that's the case. I think so. And, and you know, and it feels a, a lot like a, a story that Oliver Stone wants to tell about America and about politics that doesn't necessarily have anything to do whatsoever with the JFK assassination. Yeah. And the the, the sort of frenetic nature that might have just been the representation of that of that craziness of that frenetic. Yeah. Like fraught, fractured uh, sort of American consciousness led to some very strange um, directorial decisions in Fucking those first ninety minutes. Yeah, there's some weird stuff in here. It's sometimes shot like a horror movie or a, a sort of well, I mean, a lot of it works really well as a thriller. There are moments in this that are just pure action movie, and it it, it is yeah. sensationalist. You know, it's emotive filmmaking. Yes, a lot of it felt like a drama dramatized. Uh, you know, one of the crime watch dramatized yeah scenes or like famously parodied in in brass eye yeah uh that kind of thing it was very overbearing and heavy-handed and yeah just not what i was expecting from veteran director oliver stone i'm not Um, sure back in his day this was his style i mean don't forget his other films you know sort of natural born killers and the like and uh born on the fourth of july it's yeah it did suit that more he did do this very quick cutting kind of pop pulpy kind of filmmaking Mm. it was only much later that he kind of cooled down quite a bit very incongruous in this movie yeah i'll need to go back to natural born killers Mm. um but it felt like you know it's it's way more a seamless part of that movie and that world whereas this felt like just two very loud things clashing i don't know this didn't feel terribly incongruous to me because it does to some extent feel like the guy down the pub who can't wait to tell you this conspiracy theory and just blurts it all out at once and is all over the shop and there's something about the frenzy of this film and the Mm. choppiness of it that does feel like someone pouring over as much as they can find and there's a there's an excitement to that and if you've seen it a few times and Mm. know the case well enough then there is you know you're able to follow it a lot better and it does feel more I, i can't imagine i can't remember the experience of watching this for the first time except how cool i found the opening credits with the music i remember that oh, okay but i, I mean, interesting I, I knew nothing about kennedy before i saw this film Mo- i mean most of what i knew about kennedy before i saw jfk as a teenager was uh bill hicks routines <laughs> i hadn't seen those. which is the sort of same vein as oliver stone pretty much <laughs> and i i wonder this whether is, they sh- ever shared notes this is the cinematic equivalent of a bill hicks routine <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I, I, la- I laugh a lot more intentionally at bill hicks and, um... really What part? The the many parts, his many <laughs> his many rich and unique routines that Stuart Lee refuses to acknowledge. <laughs> Fuck um, you, Stuart Lee. <laughs> conspiracy. <Junior> Stuart Lee. <laughs> CIA conspiracy. Yeah. 
to further muddy the waters of the JFK assassination <laughs> by, um, by bringing Bill Hicks into it. Poor innocent Bill Hicks. Oh, no wonder he died he's, mysteriously. He's see? Yeah. Yeah, but the gay mafia did it. Pancreatic cancer. <laughs> they gave him cancer. That's... There is genuinely a deleted scene where they inject um, uh, Jack Ruby with cancer. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, Jack Ruby eventually died of cancer. Uh, Jack Ruby, the guy who assassinated Lee Harvey Oswald, he died of cancer, and there's a scene that they deleted in which um, a medic gives him an injection of cancer. <laughs> yeah, now you see, <laughs> let's let's get on to talking about truth in historical movies, Paul. Let's. Let me just say this. Before we get into this, I'd like to just spend a minute talking about how much difference film can actually make. Because in 1983, 74% of Americans believed in a conspiracy. Mm. 83, 74%. In 1992, the year of the film, that goes up to 77%. Mm-hmm. So 3% difference. And then in 93, the year later, it's back down to 75. Who the fuck is polling this, by the way? <laughs> Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone, personally. Do you think I'm right? He speaks like all directors, according to us. Yeah, it seems suspicious. Uh, yeah, it seems suspicious. They keep polling this. Do, do, you, do you believe the cover story? I mean, the truth? Anyway. Far bigger is the difference between 1966, when only 50% believed in a conspiracy, and 1976, when 81% did. Mm. Why that jump? Because the House Select Committee on Assassinations did a thorough investigation, and then came to the conclusion that it was a probable conspiracy based on a widely discredited Dictabelt recording. Interesting. It's ridiculous, that thing. that they, they The Dictabelt recording has been massively ruled out as any way relevant, but it seems to imply there were four shots, and they're like, okay. well, I guess it's now- a conspiracy then. Who set up the assassination commission? Um, it was uh, I, the president Jim the from the bar <laughs> down the road. Yeah, it was insane because they had done such a good job of confirming the Warren report's findings, especially to do with the bullets, mm. that they concluded, okay, there must have been a second gunman and a fourth shot, but I guess it missed. Mm. <laughs> so they confirmed it was just some guy taking a pot shot, <laughs> and that's the conspiracy. Why not? Got a chance. Oh, we're shooting, are we? Pachow! <laughs> I mean, it was it was Texas. And then the number falls even further to 61% in 2017 after Trump released all of these documents yeah. that spectacularly failed to prove anything. <laughs> so I, I love the fact there's still some documents held for like national security reasons because they you know probably mentioned some guy working in Cuba or something. Yeah. But conspiracy theorists are like, those are the ones. Those are the ones that are going to... Like, the last page they yeah. release is just going to be, by the way, we did it. Sauce yeah. signed to the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you've, you've, you've got to hang on. Like, the, the, the mode of thinking as a conspiracy theorist, mm. you know, like, it's an active thing to be like, oh, I'm a conspiracy theorist now. <laughs> but, like, the, like the, the mode of thinking that leads you down that path is is that, like you said, it's to reject mm. all evidence um, pointing towards the contrary. Yeah. And to also expect that there is something that suddenly makes so much sense. Yeah, it's the, the missing piece that's going to be like, aha, yeah. a receipt, signed, one assassination, yeah. <laughs> invoice to... <laughs> Yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson. It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy. But it, it goes to show that the film didn't make much of a difference. The American public okay. generally go off of what the government has done to change what it thinks. So that's the context here. But I do wonder, does it even matter on a moral standpoint? Now, I did, I did something you didn't. I fucked several goats. But also, <laughs> I studied historiography in my second year at uni. By you, do you mean me or the audience? <laughs> Uh, you sir. No, I, I you didn't do. I, were you I in Dev's class. Yeah, and I I, I got first oh. in all my historiography essays. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, then you can say this better than I did. But from what I remember Doubt vaguely that. from my foggy two-one mind, is that um, were you really in that class? See, clearly, anyway. education is not a mark of intelligence. <laughs> comparing um, the two of us, history cannot be divorced from the perspective, prejudices, and knowledge of the historian telling it. Yes, you know anyone who tells a history 
is essentially telling a story. It comes from events. is a bunch yeah. of stories. Yeah, that we essentially tell ourselves to back up an argument or perspective we've already chosen, mm. not probably based on emotion. So, I mean, this reminds me of The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman is a, a movie musical about mm. the life of P.T. Barnum, which turns him into a whimsical dancing man, yeah. plays by the Wolverine, who just wants to put on a big show and empowers disabled people by introducing them to show business, mm. as opposed to the cynical exploiter that he actually was. Yeah. You know, who ran glorified freak shows and abused circus animals. Yeah. It's a total reversal. But Barnum is dead. The mm. people he exploited are dead. So does it actually matter that he was a monster? Is his legacy more useful as a fictional liberator of disabled people or as a very real exploiter of people who are deemed different? It's always going to depend on the observer because some people will obviously feel slighted that P.T. Barman wasn't brought to justice and some people yes. will see the film as, you know, what it is, just an expression from one person or, you know, mm. a, a group of people collaborating to make this thing who wanted to, to express something that meant that was important to them and yeah. you know f- film well, as we've discussed in the past film does not have a responsibility to follow any particular no. convention you know it's it's it, it can be brave and it can raise discussion and it can ask questions yeah greatest showman i guess is a big fancy musical so you expect some license this this really is very documentary style but yeah i think you have to expect that film in general is reductive it's a fixed viewpoint that only has time to explore one thing fully mm. and is at its most effective and powerful when done from that sort of one perspective. Otherwise it gets muddled and unfocused. Yeah. And that's the problem with real life is it is muddled and unfocused. Mm. It's not simple. I mean, seen as a film about obsession, you know, this this yes. film is suddenly way more prescient and apt, I think. I'd like to just briefly, uh, you, you mentioned the Ebert article. I've got a little bit here about right. it. It's my last note. Maybe J- Yeah, so maybe JFK is more accurate than we think. Insane man, Roger Ebert, writing in his peerless book of film criticism. I love Peter Travers movies. by Roger Ebert. <laughs> the Great Movies, a four-volume thing that he wrote where he writes about all his favorite movies wow. and included JFK in the first volume, <laughs> says this is not a film about the facts of the assassination, but the feelings. JFK mm. accurately reflects our national state of mind since no- the November 22nd, 1963. Mm-hmm. And he recounts being chewed out by Walter Cronkite for positively reviewing a film with not a scrap of truth in it, as he says. Mm. Uh, Ebert replies, I have no doubt that Cronkite was correct from his point of view, but I'm a film critic and my assignment is different than his. Mm. He wants facts. I want moods, tones, fears, imaginings, whims, speculation, nightmare. Mm. As a general principle, I believe that films are the wrong medium for fact. Fact belongs in print. Films are about emotions. Hmm. So Ebert's arguing that the film achieves an emotional truth. Hmm. It, it's a testament to paranoia and the pain that was left in the American psyche by the death of its favorite favorite son. Hmm. And as a monument to grief, it's a frenzied fucking masterpiece. The only problem I have with that interpretation of it, which I think just means that Oliver Stone wasn't necessarily sure what he was doing when he was getting all this off of his chest, is... Yeah. A, the ending with the um, caption, and um, then <laughs> yeah. B, just the, the, the messiness for me of the first half precluded me coming to any strong conclusion of my own of what he was getting okay. at. There right. were times when I thought, yes, this is about this is about um, Jim Garrison, Kevin Costner, and the obsession eating away at him. But I, we I've, don't get I've, much of that, do we? No. We, we get, it's like three scenes, the three scenes where he fights with his family, and you get this idea of, oh, there's a cost to this. But yes. it, is, it is kind of an afterthought. 
there's one fantastic bit in the first half of the movie one of, one of my good things actually where he wakes up from his nightmare and sissy space right. goes oh are you okay and he's like i can't believe that after three years and he just goes <laughs> off on this thing st- st- yeah, into yeah. waking and sissy space fucking loses it because it's just the ramblings <laughs> of a madman yeah it's just wonderful and it needed more of that and then i think of yeah one of the bits later on where sissy space is, is uh, turns out rightly uh wondering whether his <laughs> her husband is a homophobe and persecuted clay um yeah clay walsh so there's a guy stealing lemons from somebody's um <laughs> from somebody's house so it's it's just <laughs> fucking it's, australia that's an australian it's, crime it's, if lemons are overhanging Back my lemons. The, the fence they are fair game and it's not what the law says it's just that's just mel that's just what we do here <laughs> not me though in the, in the second half sissy space it rightly <laughs> wonders if her husband is a homophobe and i feel the scene plays out in a kind of how could she think that about jim garrison Mm. he's just trying to search for the truth (laughs) and and when it got to the end of the court case there wasn't so much of a feeling of the obsession killing him it was his wife they didn't even have his wife going why did you just let my son watch the zapruder film (laughs) it was just all sort of smiling to each other and bill or lou um, whichever one of them comes back in after they have a falling out and they smile at each other to be like fuck yeah conspiracy <laughs> and it ends with a kind of we know we're right yeah um so it was it was just a bit it was a bit muddied for me to get that and, I, and if but if that was the intention i'm all about that that's amazing i just wish there was more it's too busy it's too busy trying to get all of their supposed evidence that there was actually a conspiracy in and as we've exhaustively demonstrated quite a bit of it can be debunked and disputed so Mm. it's it's a frustrating little film it's full of outdated Mm. information and it was very much of its time but what it does articulate still and i will say most of this film is people talking to each other it's just people sitting down and mm. saying information to each other in, ex- in expositional dialogues with very little emotion mm. unless you know they throw in a crooked as a dog's hind leg leg kind of folksy bit yeah oh in spite of that you're so salt with you <laughs> in spite of that it's so fucking cinematic just that the, the <laughs> editing of it the 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 merging of stock footage into real footage and recreation and john williams amazing score mm. it does really make it quite an experience and which and it's I, I don't find it boring at any stage it's too crazy to be okay. boring that's true there were pockets where i was, I was sort of zoning in and out <laughs> but um i would say um experience i would mm. agree with definitely definitely experience <laughs> um cin- cin- <clears throat> cinematic for me is debatable especially in the first mm. half of the movie I did, I did liken it to crime watch reenactments earlier. Um, <laughs> There's so nothing more cinematic. <laughs> it's true. It's been proven. But it is full of those moments. And mm. I can think of little musical stings and, and shots that are just pure cinema. Yeah. So it's a very it's a very mixed film. We should probably get into quick firing. Before we do, ah, films that have to be true. <laughs> In conclusion. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I, I do see how people would complain because recently... Like, you know, Green Book was massively complained about by mm. the family of the um, the characters saying, mm. you know, there wasn't really much of a friendship they had. It was, you know, quite something else. But mm. And I had, I find this frustrating. I had a friend who I mentioned The Favourite, my favourite film of last yeah. year, and they said, oh, I didn't like that movie. I'm like, really? Well, I see, I could see it was a good movie, but it was just so inaccurate. <laughs> and I just, I cannot relate to that. It's just... No, I mean, especially a film like that that is so obvious about it's subversion yeah. of history. Um, it's playful subversion of history as well. Yeah. I know that if I were to make an historical movie, I would stick to the facts. And if I couldn't verify something... Oh, really? I, 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 I just wouldn't be able to do it. That's just... Yeah, that's just me. Unfortunately, I'm able huh. to separate 
what I would do with a historical movie mm. and what somebody else would do. Oh, Whether that's the, oh. the historian in me or the fact that I have never told a lie in my life. You actually haven't. Except that one. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. I, w- <laughs> I went and saw The King as part of the London Film Festival, an upcoming adaptation of Henry V's slash supposed historical epic with actual mm. research. And... You know, uh, the director came out beforehand and said, obviously, story was the first priority, but we've tried to make it somewhat authentic. And it's just crazy. The the Mm. stuff it changes is wild. Um, My problem with that is that they changed the story to make a more conventional, generic kind of by the book Mm. historical epic. They haven't changed it to make it interesting. And that's uh, I feel like JFK, for all its craziness, has made it interesting although having said that i'd be fascinated to watch an actual documentary about lee harvey oswald he's a very interesting Mm. figure Mm. you know and a very crazy figure and i'd like to just see a straight up film about his life well we've discussed this in the past um particularly with the conqueror uh, or conqueror um about how real life is often and pearl harbor and Pearl Harbor, real real life is often as interesting, if not more, than the scripts yeah. written by Michael Bay's guys. It depends on the priority. If the priority is to make something that's marketable and commercial, then yeah, it's bound. To, real life is going to be more interesting. But on the other hand, the favorite, if you can use it to tell a really bizarre story that's mm. true to the spirit of the people yeah. or the history you're trying to tell, then you know more power to you. It's about priorities, I guess, and yeah. intent. But in in relation to JFK, it's an interesting little film. It is authentic to a mindset, but it's wildly inaccurate and so that's why i think even though it's a very well-made film as all of those critics have you know happened upon again it's a mm. very well-reviewed film it does still leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth so mm. with that in mind let's quick fire stuff we like about it my episode this week paul i say that sorry let's quick fire quick fire Look, the intro was long-winded and messy for me, but there was still tension there knowing what was going to happen. And I de- definitely yeah. felt a little nauseous knowing that at some point we were just going to see a shot. John Williams' music in that moment is just perfect. I also really like the... Yeah. That plays throughout. <laughs> so menacing. I like the little whistly bit that comes in now and then. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good themes in there from Williams. I love Jack Lemon. Yeah. I love him in everything he's in, including this. Jack Lemon is so likable. Yeah, God. You're starting to get paranoid. You really are. You're a goddamn spy. Why the hell would I want to look through your files? Gee, I've seen enough here this summer already to write a book. What do you mean you've read a book? What? No, I mean, well, do you know what I mean? Even in this, playing some scumbag private detective, you know, who have... You know, he's just this lovable guy. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't piss the whip, Jack Lemon. What's Jack Lemon ever done to you? What's he ever done? I think this might have actually been one of his final roles, you know. Uh, Go watch The Apartment, one better thing. I liked when, um, after... Kevin Costner's, oh no, to the president being shot. They go and watch it in the restaurant. <laughs> oh no. And the restaurant's like the only place that has a TV and you've got the whole town in there yeah. just catching yeah. up. It was very, <laughs> I, I love the, the details like that that felt like, oh, this is, yeah, this is the 60s and this is 
the kind of America that this has hit. Oh, yeah. Good detail. Oh, he was in movies for another nine years. Oh, okay. Fuck him then. <laughs> Fuck that loser. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I do love the tension in the bar scenes where someone's just like, they should have given that guy a medal for shooting Kennedy. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> random bar flies. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Time and place, Gus. <laughs> Wayne Knight is in it. Oh, you know what? Wayne Knight doesn't actually get anything to do. It's just nice to see his face. He's got such a 90s face as Wayne Knight. It's like, I want to give him a hug. Wayne. I want to say, uh, what's his name? John Candy was really worried about giving a serious dramatic performance in this film. I think he did great. Why are you dancing on my head for, my man? We've been sick of molasses pie since last school. me, Dean. I read your testimony to the Warren Commission. There you go again. Grain of salt. You tell them the day after the assassination, you're called on the phone by this Clay Bertrand and asked to fly to Dallas and be Lee Oswald's lawyer. Right. They put the heat on my man, just like you're doing. I gave him anything that popped in my cabeza. Truth is, I never met the dude. Do you know him? He's the, the big yeah. Asian guy. Did I? Yeah. Did I know John Candy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with Uncle Buck. Yeah, I know John Candy, and in this, he's playing I've... clearly the um, inspiration for Big Daddy in that Simpsons <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know if I've actually seen a whole John Candy film apart from this. Oh, he was in um, uh, uh, Home Alone. Planes. Yep, I've seen that. I haven't seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is his big mm. one. He's in Spaceballs. Oh, and I've seen uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. I haven't okay. seen Spaceballs. Yeah. He's, he's done a few bits. I, lo- I love me a bit of John Candy. Yeah, he's done a bit. I cr- cringed every time he said Daddy-o. Daddy-o. Wish he wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, I liked it. Words on me. Down the, down the bio. I actually really like rainy New Orleans in this. The, the shipping area looked very much like something that would be on VHS. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it did have a very VHS, watching it at 2am, hypnotic mm. kind of feel to it. I did like that. <laughs> nice. Oh, you know what? This is an extension of my previous one. There's a temperature change when Dino decides to start warning Garrison and not just fob him off. Mm. Is this off the record, daddy Good. In that case, let me sum it up for you real quick. If I answer that question you keep asking, if I give you the name of the big enchilada you know, then it's Bon Voyage Dino. I mean, like, pull a minute. I mean, like a bullet in my head, you dig? Like, everything changes, and I really mm. like the filmmaking there. Suddenly in a close-up, and, yeah, suddenly mm. there's danger in the room. Was that John Candy's like character? That. Yeah. Cool. Because when he does light that cigarette, mm. it, he takes a pull on it, and it cuts from Candy being grilled by Costner to John Candy's character speaking to Tommy Lee Jones, also taking a drag, and it's sort of seamless <laughs> transition from one to ah, the other before going back to the restaurant. Nice. That was a nice bit of filmmaking. That was a nice bit of Fuck Oliver yeah. stoning. <laughs> Stone that, Oliver. Yeah. Um, I really like Tommy Lee Jones in this. David, always some harebrained scheme or another. Oh! have we here let's have some more champagne why don't we drop this subject it's one thing to engage in badinage with all these youngsters but this sort of thing could be so easily misunderstood yes i liked his un- his playing against type yeah it's this slightly effeminate kind of new orleans villain yeah <laughs> as it turns out yeah just the sinisterness around the set the homoerotic activity here mm. it's actually something i quite enjoy <laughs> it gives like homosexuality this power yeah that i enjoy oh it's like dark magic <laughs> where's all this leading to mr garrison after dinner you paid him to have sex that is absolute nonsense <laughs> it's like what the fuck is happening and the, the flashback to the gay orgy is so weird yeah when Tommy Lee Jones is painted gold and he's roaring like a bear and they're all dressed in like Victorian outfits and yeah man what, that what's was... happening what is this Mr. Stone that's a whole film in itself that's 
accidentally opening the door to uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Even though the whole thing serves to make homosexuality seem really sinister, <laughs> it was well handled. They really <laughs> made it look sinister. <laughs> I mean, look, we're objective here with our good things. Um, it, yeah. set, it achieved what it set out to do. I feel like it's Oliver Stone flexing and going, I can make any kind of film I want. Don't think I'm stuck here. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I agree. Tommy Lee Jones, I th- probably my favorite yeah. performance in the movie. I think he was excellent. Yeah. The scene when they're in the book depository experimenting with aiming the rifle, that was the first scene that really gripped me, I think. Really good pacing, ah. setup. The two characters yeah. discussing something with real focus. Um, uh, you Bit know. of forensic. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, like, C- like the CSI. Go off with some focus, some fucking focus. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again. I know you'll disagree, but the scene where David Ferry is confessing mm. has always been a moment that stood out to me. And who killed the president? Oh man, why don't you fucking stop it? Shit, who did? This is too fucking big for you. You know that? This is who did the president? Who killed? Get fuck, man. It's it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. The fucking shooters don't even know. Don't you get it? Fuck, man! I can't keep talking like this. You're gonna fucking kill me! I'm gonna fucking die! <laughs> it just, like, goes hell for leather to the end. It culminating in just him saying, you know, I'm so fucking exhausted I can't see straight. <laughs> I just like it. It's a good sequence. It's a, good, it's a thing that never happened. Never happened. <laughs> but but it's, cinema. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, a couple of performances I really liked then. I thought Kevin Costner wasn't his stereotypical somnambulist self. I quite liked him in this. Um, <laughs> I love you, wife. That wasn't even him. I'm trying to think of a line he said. There's no lines you can even focus on from oh, his, no. most of his work. Oh, it's a long way down to Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta buy a ticket. <laughs> Queue for two hours. The, um, this is the postman. Yeah, God, the postman. I really liked that as a kid, and I'd love to revisit that. Oh, that'd be interesting. That could be a defense, because I remember hating it. Cool. Well, I mean... I remember getting angrily bored. It was a long time ago, <laughs> so... Um, well, take a risk. Roll the wa- dice. Don't just go for a movie that has 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> like this gimp. Like this uh, shark for the truth. Um, <laughs> they call me the truth shark. That's a different story. Um, I also really like Michael Rooker. Um, Nondu, or yeah. whatever his name is. I, I really liked his everything that he brought to that role. It was crazy and <laughs> intense. And um, I like his face as well. I like his face. He's got a good face yeah, he's when he's out of makeup. Face. Stupid yeah. Michael Rooker. Um, Do you know who your daddy is? <laughs> your mama told you so. Who are you? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the fight between Garrison and his wife. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but it's it felt like an actual human moment oh. when they're just arguing. And it's a little cheesy when Costner throws something at the wall and it explodes. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> what it is, but he just says, Can you see? Yeah, his shoe. And SpaceX just sort of walks away. Yeah. <laughs> it's his shoe. It just smashes <laughs> into pieces. That was a crazy one with the argument spilling out into the hall and their kids just sitting right there and they're just screaming <laughs> at each other. They they really have no <laughs> regard for their kids' well-being. It's the fifth, sixth, no, they really don't they've got five of them i've only only met two of them i think (laughs) that was a casual acquaintance oh okay so the trial scene is pretty good and it does culminate in this big impassioned speech where costner actually really did tear up you know Mm. out of you know the emotion of what he was saying and even though it's crazy and the real life man is not someone to be venerated (laughs) yeah it it did it's a it's a mighty sort of atticus finch style Mm. courtroom moment the truth is the most important value we have because if the truth does not endure if the government murders truth, if, it, if we cannot respect the hearts of these people, then this is not the country in which I was born in, and it's certainly not the country that I want to die in. That's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Do not forget your dying king. Show this world 
that this is still a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. Nothing as long as you live will ever be more important. It's up to you. Definitely is. And it's very compelling. As an icon, you know, as an icon for mm. justice and the truth, it's a very powerful figure, I think. Yeah. I think so. He's Kevin Costner to me. He's not Jim Garrison. Yeah, that's fair enough. This is the story of how Kevin Costner got taken in by an absolute villain. <laughs> my, my final one then is the the dead body autopsy gore. It's foul. Oh. It's very. Oh right, when you unpleasant yeah, recreate Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, they're going like just splattered brains and exit wounds Oof. and thumbing them and stuff, and it's all. <laughs> Barry, look at this. Very. <laughs> John, stop it. Stop it. You're a scientist. <laughs> I'm actually not. <laughs> Who are you? Bought this at Walmart. <laughs> I'm from the CIA. Um, I mean, no one. <laughs> but yeah, that was chunky and real, and that was very good. Chunky and real, and your flavor of OGT coming at you this summer. <laughs> <laughs> real is a new twist for us. It's actual this time. All right, my final good thing. When I was a little kid, and I used to watch this a lot, every time mm. we got to the scene where Costner meets with Mr. X, I would quickly run and get mum to come watch it with me because she loved Aww. the Donald Sutherland bit. Because it is really great. Donald Sutherland is boy. fantastic in it. Find out the defense budget since the war begins. 75, going on 100 billion. Nearly 200 billion will be spent before it's over. In 1949, it was 10 billion. No war, no money. The organizing principle of any society, Mr. Garrison, is for war. The authority of the state over its people resides in its war powers. That whole sequence is really interesting. It's like a really... Uh, all of the film is just people delivering exposition, but Sutherland is really good at it. Yeah. And there's a kind of just rhythm to the style of that sequence that I think is really yeah. excellent. They chose the perfect man to deliver the full-blown yeah. conspiracy exposition to the audience. <laughs> and, you know, that whole... I mean, again, it's not a conspiracy theory that I think is true, because ultimately Kennedy was not that anti-establishment as he's often portrayed, but mm. you know, the idea Politician. of the industrial military complex having undue influence over American politics is a genuine issue that is a problem. I don't think they've yeah. bumped off a president, but they've certainly manipulated quite a few. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's a, a good speech, I think. And it goes on for some time, and it's gripping. It goes gripping. on for 16 minutes. God, it's compelling, though. It's compelling yeah. as shit. It really is. It's amazing to me that it's 16 minutes long. It feels like it just flies by. It's really absorbing. And all it is is just him in a hat on a bench, <laughs> sitting in a very weird way. What a hat, though. I didn't yeah. even notice what a hat sat. that is. I'm too busy staring at a hat. Not the hat, but the sat. <laughs> but you should be looking. Mr. Garrison. Release the files. Mr. Garrison. Sorry, it's just... Give me your hat. What a fucking great hat. <laughs> fucking great hat. I, I could take it off if you like. No, keep it on. It's great. It's working for me. <laughs> I mean, it's mine. I just, I forgot to take it off. If you take it off, you're dead. <laughs> I, I will murder it. you. I forgot to take it off of you. <laughs> I put it on you. Oh. If you take it off, you take it off of this scene, Donald. <laughs> are you Are you part of this conspiracy? Maybe I am. Yes, agreed. Donald Sutherland was, for me, for me a pivot upon which the movie swung. Fuck Pivots yeah. Swung. Right into your balls. Yeah. So, Paul. Uh-huh. How about the OG titty team? American. Thanks, John Williams. Yeah. Not this film. You've done that one. Have I? Shame. 
Oh, oh fuck. No, 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 not you. I mean, John Williams. <laughs> oh, if that was an issue, film. he wouldn't have worked again after Saving Private Ryan, Burn. <laughs> oh, Burn. Take that, John Williams. Brilliant musician. Wonderful For the second man. time on this podcast, <laughs> we've shaded you, you motherfucker. You and Jack Lemmon. Finally, <laughs> the Me Too movement is t- getting into full swing as we get onto the real, the real monsters out there. Yes, the movement was designed for us to settle our grievances, <laughs> and it's about time that we acknowledged it as such. I'm pretty sure it was me, Paul Goodman. <laughs> Hashtag me too, and me too, but that's it, just us two. <laughs> Hashtag check, check Twitter, Paul. Weren't expecting that, <laughs> were you? Check your privileges and Twitter. Go on, do, do my job. Do my oh, very fuck. easy job okay. that I always forget. <laughs> as I have. I'm really in character <laughs> right now. The magic bullet bit and Joe Pesci being bonkers as usual. It's all true, right? Says, oh, sorry, Tracy Walker at Tracy Not Sharon says all that. And, yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah. yeah it is all true. It right? is all true. It all actually happened. Somebody who has Joe Pesci as their icon liked this. Um, <laughs> probably actual, actual Joe Pesci. So, um, Which is interesting. It wasn't hashtagged. So can you search for Twitter? <laughs> you can search Twitter for just words that aren't hashtag, can't you? Yeah, you can. I guess so, yeah. So what is so the point of hashtags, you might ask? Huh? Conspiracy. So thanks very much, um, Tracy Walker. Yes. Tracy Walker. Joe Pesci going bonkers was something I loved. Hmm. And the other thing you said was good too. The magic bullet thing. Yeah. Which, again, that was just a huge piece for me. This once I found out the single bullet theory, not the magic bullet theory. Yeah. That was just the thing that really turned it around for me of just like, oh, yeah, it was just Oswald. The fact that it's not actually called the stupid bullet theory. That's just what <laughs> Jim Garrison called it. <laughs> it's just the gay bullet theory. Jim, <laughs> you can't. You can't say that. I can. I absolutely can. It's 1960s. I can. I'm the district attorney of this country. <laughs> this country, even. <laughs> Who even knows anymore? There'll always be bit. The idea is that if I were to break down and deeply analyse your walk home from work, I'd find bits that didn't quite make sense and inconsistencies. If you look carefully enough at anything, it starts to fall apart. Yeah. It's just, especially the way you walk. And sometimes there isn't a convincing answer. <laughs> it just yeah. isn't. Why did he buy a Mars bar here? Yeah. History will never be able to tell. He us. knew he shouldn't have, but he did anyway. He did it anyway, and he shoved it into a cat. Yeah, not the bit you'd expect. God works in. Thanks, OGT. Horrible ways. Yes, thanks, OGT. <laughs> One better thing. The one better thing. Do you have one? Because <laughs> I could do. I could go for one. Oh, I mean, all I all I could think of really was uh, God. I really like watching Spotlight. Really, really yeah, enjoyed that's that. A the good focus one. in that, and and, and yeah. the characters are all wonderful without being particular. Mark Ruffalo ran in a weird way. That was his thing. He jogged weirdly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he also just in life j- ran in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. If you're a fan of child abuse, I can really recommend <laughs> uh, Francois Ozon's new film, By the Grace of God, which is another expose, expose this time from the perspective of three victims of um, abuse in the, in the priesthood, as they attempt to take um, one particular uh, abusive priest to trial. And that oh, really fantastic. Good, so I recommend that one too. Well, I wish him all the best. And um... <laughs> I wish Francois Ozon all the best after his crazy film, Lamant Double. Previous one better thing. This oh. one's not crazy. It's respectful. Well, speaking of the one better thing, that was the one better thing. Yeah. Oh, but also Jackie's really good. Jackie's fantastic, actually. Jackie's very good. If you actually want to see a good presidential consp- uh, conspiracy thriller, you watch All the President's Men. Uh, Alan Pakula film. That's uh, very good. Scott Bakula making his directorial debut. <laughs> he, di- he dived into Alan Pakula. <laughs> And uh, he had to direct a brilliant film before he was able to leap again. And he did. And he did. <laughs> End of the story. One better thing. You know that show ends with him just not going home. I mean, like, that's, a, the, that's a satisfying ending ver- for me, I think. He's, he's, home's rubbish. Last episode, in the very last episode, it just says he never found his way home. Which, like, 
That means because he's quantum leaping across time, it just must mean that eventually he was everyone. Uh. At some stage, he must have been every single person because he never got home again. Shit. And is he just now, he is now just a self-sufficient singularity at the end of all things. <laughs> I mean, imagine the emotion of the man. In fact, do you know there's actually an episode where he jumps into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald? I didn't know that, no. Oh, uh, there is. Oh, and speaking of crazy shit, there's a bit in uh, Martin Scorsese's new film, The Irishman, mm-hmm. where Joe Pesci, playing supposedly this crime boss, sends Robert De Niro to deliver guns to a bunch of guys in the woods, and the person they deliver guns to is David Ferry. Oh. Played by a different guy. No way. I, great I, if it was Joe Pesci again. I also really like that in the movie JFK, Kevin Costner says, um, I don't know about this guy fairy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's the first time he's actually been on top of the truth in the, in the entire thing. <laughs> Fuck. The one better thing. Paul. Hey. Thank you for listening to One Good Thing, Paul. That's okay. I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. If No, but I th- people often think that. And I think once you've been through this Once you get used to us, it, it's like a staph infection. Oh, God. Where'd that come yeah. from? <laughs> it's like a lifelong disability. <laughs> once Acquired you've tried it, you, you'll wonder how you did without it. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes you, in, in a sense. And in another real, very real analogy, it's, it's much like spending 90 straight minutes with either one of us. And if the kind... Um, voluptuous listeners at home want to mm. get more OGT action in their ears. Why don't you tell them, Paul Salt, host yeah. of One Good Thing, how they can do that? If the listeners today. at home want to wrap their bouncy curves around our willing mouths, then what they want to do is go to OGTPod mm. at uh, dot Podbean in order to reach us, or you can find us on Facebook, OGTPod, on Twitter at OGTPod. Uh, you can contact us by email at OGTPod at gmail.com. Uh, we are members of some kind of the A Lot of Green Network, uh, secret members. Yeah. Obviously, you don't talk about the network. Yep. It's, a, it's a big thing, you know, where. Rule number eight. Yeah, the secret handshake. Quite good things about it, though. Oh, yeah. Or have you? No, you haven't. You haven't heard anything. Oh. Right? Oh, I haven't. No. Not a thing. That. But you should still check them out at their website, alotofgreen.com.ow. Uh, Perfect. Jingles, Bandcamp, do that. Dockhead, Amazon, do that. Pull salt, yeah. screen mayhem, don't do that. And that's it. You're reading the episode description. No, I'm not. You awful man. <laughs> right, that's it. I sentenced you to nine weeks of hosting one good thing. No! It's actually 19 weeks. Yeah, fuck. Oh, no. When you put it like that. Oh, I'm Paul Doomed Boy. I'm Paul Put It Like That. And remember, <laughs> the one good thing about Oliver Stone's JFK is Donald Sutherland in a hat. <laughs> Great hat. It's quite a hat. Look at Blade! Fucking cheese thief. <laughs> Dave, lead these mighty warriors. <laughs> Dave is your boss, everyone. Listen to Dave. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Dave the Conqueror, we shall call you. Of course, Scorpion's iconic. Get over here! You know, his back forward <laughs> punch. Um, yeah. yeah. There's just no fan service for Katana's fans. Anywho, that dog only had three followers. Take a selfie, and, boy. Um, Take a selfie. Take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just going to fucking lob you in the ocean then, like all the others. <laughs> and it's a very full bit of ocean at this stage. There's so many dogs. Puzzled looking dogs with phone straps in their faces. The next morning, Kat asks her dad, can we can we have the party here? And he's like, yeah, sure. Can you make sure that the guys don't Whatever. crash the party? Oh, sweetie, I have no fucking control over that. 
I don't know if you've noticed what's been going on around here. I haven't slept since we got here. They try to kill me every day. They shot my degree. He's looking like very fucking rough. They pretended to be my dead wife. I am in hell. I cannot guarantee your party will be successful. <laughs> Wish my wife was like that. <laughs> I wonder if the life forms we find out there are going to be anything like her. You can't fuck them this time, Dave. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> oh, it's just, uh... <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. <laughs> Gee whiz, I sure am gonna fuck whatever we find. <laughs> Dave. Why do we keep... We've got to stop Dave. I hope this... I hope this rocket's a lot like my secretary. Sexy bitch. <laughs> I hope that this, uh... This rocket here is uh, like several prostitutes in the East End, and that I've come in it. <laughs> Damn. Basically, they, they. Re- <laughs> I didn't say anything. You're yes, foul. you did. <laughs> you literally said it. These black juice. <laughs> oh Christ.